There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to the Fangirl Zone. I am Sean Fangirl S and today is Good Omens Day. So that means the one, the only, Gomez Adam. Hello. Oh my gosh. So we're talking about, which I just find the title slightly amusing and frightening all at the same time. Episode five, the doomsday option. Yes. Where everything starts going bad. Like, I mean, we knew things, I mean, things were going bad at the end of last episode. Yeah. And we kind of get right back into it, which I think is awesome. I love the bird's eye view of London zooming down and watching Crowley weaving in and out of traffic in his Bentley. Oh, yes. Uh, I think that is a fantastic shot. And then he just zooms in as he's driving. He's got, he's trying to call a zero fail. It's just not picking up. Oh. And he gets to the bookshop and it's on fire. And I was so upset because last episode, you guys know, I had said I was very upset about the bookstore looking like it was catching fire, but now it really was. But all right, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. All right. As always, we're starting with, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking from Dragon Distillery, a black cherry almond vodka. Ooh. On the rocks. That sounds tasty. I am sticking with Bee Nectar because I really like this company. And I went with Zombie Killer Hard Very Cider nice. with Honey and Cherry. So we kind of got a theme. Yeah. All right. Let me give you the quick rundown we got before we jump in this head first. Azarafel and Crawley race toward Tadfield Air Base as they attempt to prevent Adam and the Four Horsemen from starting the apocalypse. One has been discorporated yep. and the other is trapped in a flaming motorway. I feel like that's really underplaying it, but okay. Very much so. <laughs> uh, again, I love the fact that, okay, the Bentley was a huge part of this episode. Oh my god, I loved it. And I love the fact that, I, I feel like we're going to jump around in this episode and forgive us for uh, for doing that. But anyway. We're um, usually not in order, come on. Yeah, exa- well, okay, you're right. Well, I mean, one of the, th- I mean, one of my absolute favorite scenes of this is where he's driving on, what is it, the M86? M25. Uh, M25. Uh, so, and I, I know there's a throwaway line in there, I think in the episode, but it definitely played a part in the book as well, where Crowley had actually was the person who helped design the shape of the M25. Yeah. Okay. So I want you to picture, picture Crowley going out late at night and moving markers so that it would just slightly change the shape of the motorway. And I love, As like, when built. he's explaining it, you know, he's like, and now it's like a prayer wheel to this demon, and it's great. Right. And it's going to channel all this evil, and he never would imagine that it could possibly backfire on it. Right? And when it does, he is not oh. at all surprised. Just like, it, oh, it's just like, yeah, I did this. I mean, I, I love the fact that his permanent state is like, I'm just angry at everything all the time. Well, it kind of goes back to the first episode when he's trying to make the phone call on his cell and he's like oh yeah i did that too yes exactly <laughs> it's like every bad deed comes back and bites him in the ass somehow right and i will tell you so i was reading over some reviews other people have put up and i have gotten two very different extremes one 
really liked it and one really hated this episode. I'm really? Like, wow. I've not seen the, I want to say vitriolness. <laughs> yeah. The divisiveness. It was just, wow. But I do want to say I love the nods in this one to Terry Pratchett and to Neil Gaiman. We got it most definitely in this. And it took a minute to realize that when we see the four horsemen together at one point and we see Death playing video games, which I just thought was amusing. But the number one score was Terry Pratchett. Yes. And Death was off by just one point. But it's like, nope, not going to even do it. And then the nod to Gaiman with the American guard at the base reading American Gods, which I thought was amusing too. And I'm laughing and my husband watches with me and he's just like, I don't get it. I know you haven't watched that one with me, never mind. But he was, I will tell everybody, you guys know I'm watching episode by episode and I've dragged my husband along with me. He's mad because we couldn't watch the finale yet. So... I don't think he watched it without me, but it may have happened. So and then we've got Shadwell with uh, Madam Tracy as well. Oh my gosh, that was so amusing. And he finds her pink blogger. It's like, because he goes, he's like, everything's pink and there's stuffed animals everywhere. Oh, and look, there's a sex toy. What is this? And okay, with Shadwell too, the whole time walking around with his finger like it's a, a gun ready to go off. Yep. So much so that he even rings the doorbell with his elbow. Because he's so afraid that he's going to blow something else up with his fin- with his now magic finger. Poor Shadwell. He really doesn't know what's happening. He's still Not in shock. Not even a clue. I love it, though. He's still in shock the whole time. And we get a seance because, yes, poor Azaraphale, who no has longer has a body. And I didn't know what had happened until he's in front of... The Master Sergeant. Yeah, I was going to say, he's like, Q up there or what? And I love the fact that they're wearing kilts. I didn't catch that, but I was trying to figure out the weird facial hair anyway. Well, the angels are not exactly up on the latest fashion. But did you notice all of the angels behind him also had, like, white, really thin, Well, they look like earpieces. That came down their chin? Going down toward their mouth, almost like a head gear. I swear I thought it was those little thin, douchey beards that was like, no, all of them have that? No, no, no. It was like like an earpiece thing. I'm not quite sure why, but... Now we have to go back to the beginning, though, because Crawley has shown so much emotion in this one. I was not expecting this. Like, as he's speeding and he finds the bookstore on fire, which I had a lot of emotion there, too, he was just pissed. Yes. And as he's trying to go in, they're like, do you own this? He's like, do I look like I own a bookstore? And he zips in and then closes the door behind him. Yep. Now, I'm thinking, okay, demon, fire, that's not going to bother you. Can you control this or something? But that did not happen. Uh, well, he's not really bothered by it. I mean, he gets, he gets really bothered when he gets hit by the water. Oh, that's true. The fire hose. I mean, the fire hose is really what does him in. That was very strong. Yeah, and Rex's sunglasses, by the way. Oh, yeah, he was a little pissed with that. He does end up picking up the book. The book that has been coming through this entire tale thus far. It's the MacGuffin! And it's like, okay, well, at least he grabbed something. He saved something. But just seeing him so mad, somebody killed my best friend. I'm like, oh! He admits it! Yes. He does have feelings! And it, and this episode finally tells us why Queen has been thanked in the credits of every episode. It wasn't just one episode where we heard the song. It's like they were playing the greatest hits through this whole yeah. whole episode. I loved it. And I mean, Queen, and Queen does definitely plays a role in the book as well. Okay. I don't know if they fully explain it. I don't remember them series. But what happens is any vehicle that Crowley is in, it doesn't matter what tape or disc or whatever he puts in, it all ends up... Tr- 
into Queen Square's hits. Really? Yes. Well, that's interesting. Because- it's like the weirdest little side that everything, anytime that he puts anything in, doesn't matter what it is, it turned into Queen. That's weird. Yeah, I, they did not mention that. Only because I remembering back when Aziraphale was going to put in the one CD. He's like, what is this, Bebop? Like, no. Right, exactly. But, but yeah, but that was one of the details in the book. Oh, okay. So that that's why Queen keeps popping up. Oh, I'm guessing. It's not fully by choice. I'm guessing Queen was a favorite of certain writer. I don't know the details of why Queen. Why not? Um, and why not somebody else? But hey, British, go for it. I mean, that's like, oh, hey, let's play Metallica for everything. <laughs> you know, you might as well pick one and go with it. Why not? Exactly. I mean, I guess it could have been worse, but I don't know if that would have been as fitting for this. We get to see Adam be a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Adam's got over the dark side. Oh, my gosh. And he just said, when my friends will get here. Oh, shit, I thought we were your friends, right. but now you've got to shut up. And you've seen our mouth shut. Right. Stop crying. Somebody's Stop crying. a little bit too young to be watching The Matrix. <laughs> I think somebody was scarred watching some horror movies is what I'm thinking. But it wasn't me because I, I turned out just fine. Up. Let me see when they did, you know, as he's screaming, Stop, Stop Crying. He's like, just talk to me. And of course, we have the kids kind of pointing to their mouth like, dude, I don't have a mouth. Look what shit you've been pulling. Right. It's like, maybe get rid of the red eyes, come back to Earth and figure out how to fix us. But no, no, no. Instead, he goes, smile. And they had that creepy ass Joker smile going. Yep. I don't know if that was CG or if that was makeup effect. But either way, that was either creepy. Way, not, not good at all. No. I also would like to point out. I really love the fact that yeah, I realize we're jumping around some more. Crowley in the bar. Yes. He might all time favorite scotch. Oh, was he? Drinking. He's drinking Talisker. Not realize that. And he's already killed one entire bottle. Hey. And he's working on a second. He can sober up super fast. Fine, still. <laughs> A bottle of scotch on your own? Man. That's rough. You know what? He's Scottish. You never know. He can, Okay. You know, in reality, the, the, there, maybe There are can... certain limits that the human body has. <laughs> He's David Tennant. You don't know that. Okay. Let's move on. That got kind of creepy. Sorry. <laughs> Let's go back to Sometimes Adam and the friends. For me. So he lets them go, finally, after they're finally like, fine, whatever. You want us to go away? I want my mom and dad. No, I'm going to make you new mommies and daddies. It's like back and forth, back and forth. And finally, he's like, fine, go. And as they start taking off, the dog's like, dude, I'm out, too. Now it's like, you're seeing too much even for me. Right. Now, I right. was wondering... But now you're an asshole. See, that's what, okay, you read the book, so I'm going to pose it to you this way, because this is what my husband posed to me. Because nothing evil could have entered Anathema's house. Do you think as the dog went in, it kind of pulled out some of the evil? Yeah, possibly. I mean, you could also look at it that the dog was there to kind of reflect Adam, right? And it was the whole point of it to be there wasn't to turn Adam evil, but to watch over him. Okay. Right? So the dog wasn't sitting there going like, go ahead and push your mom down the stairs. No, it wasn't any of that. It was just to make sure that he lived long enough to get to the point where he can bring about the end of the world. Okay. But Adam kind of made the dog, I think, who the dog is. Okay, when he was talking about what kind of dog he wanted. That's what kind of pulled the evil out of him. Oh, okay. And do you think that, more than his friends, is what kind of brought Adam back from the precipice? Because uh, the dog's bit, yeah. like, bye, I'm with them. And he's like, wait, I mean, if the dog doesn't like me, am I the asshole? Right. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. Yes, you are. 
Uh-huh. So weirdly, it brings them back. And I was a little confused then with the next part that happens because it was the whole, like, if we can just go back and change it. And it seemed like he kind of went back through his timeline and changed something. Obviously, he still has powers. Yeah, he didn't really change anything. He didn't. Because the way no. they kind of uh, showed everything going in reverse, like, no, he did not change timeline, I thought something happened. Like, somehow nope. he changed himself. Nope. Okay. We did get Anathema and Pulsifer for about five minutes through this whole episode. So I guess we could talk. They got a little awkward after having their, uh, boom chicken. Well, you know, the question is, I mean, they don't really know each other. Yeah, that's true. And of course, Pulsifer's like, can we do it again? It's like, oh, God. It's like, well, let me check, let me check what, uh, my great, 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 great grandmother said about this. No, we gotta go. No, you're not doing this. Aww. Yeah, he did look a little sad, but <laughs> I feel like that happens if you have a good moment. We're just gonna leave it at that. Yeah, exactly. But uh, you understand where he might be a little upset by the fact. Yes. And interestingly enough, he's been able to decipher the prophecies almost immediately. And Anathema's like, what the hell? We've been trying to figure this out forever. Well, it also helps that it's now happening, right? So he can kind of point put one and one together. Right, exactly. So it made more sense. I get that. But the whole eagle's nest thing, it's like, oh, well, that could be this and this. It's like, what? So basically, she just pulls out a prophecy, and he's like, oh, that's this. Is that right. the coding in him, the whole computer coding? Possibly. Which, of course, he could never actually touch a computer, so he had to do it all in his head or on paper. Um, let's think a little different. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. And let's go back a bit. We see the horsemen finally come together. Like I said, they come together at, what was it, the Happy Poker Cafe. All yes. riding motorcycles instead of yep. their horses. I get that. I don't know how I felt about Death's motorcycle. Felt like, I don't know, could have been creepier. Well, so part of the question is, is that is Death really, is Death as evil as the other three? Or is he just kind of like, I got a job to do? He does make it known repeatedly that he is not working for heaven or hell, though. Correct. I mean, he's he's just, he's got, he's like, he's a punch clock. I mean, he's punching, I mean, he doesn't take the same kind of perverse joy, I feel. Right. That the other three horsemen do. Yes, yes. Um, And I mean, it, it definitely made it clear in the book that the other three horsemen were definitely kind of the evil ones and death was like look i got a job to do it's t- it's the end of the world or it's not i'm not really looking forward to it but it's kind of something i just have to do i feel like the way they portrayed death really really showed that it was not any kind of malice right, which i exactly. know it sounds weird because obviously like nobody is inviting death happily no but it is also it, it, it's a part of existence it is so and pollution so. is super creepy this this episode just gonna throw that one out there and famine as i noticed him talking like the teeth kept changing a little bit i don't know if you picked yeah, that up right yeah, away yeah. it's a little weird was. i'm just thinking how is that poor man talking but that's because i think of weird shit when i'm watching shows well prosthetics are a wonderful thing as well as pre-recording that's true and dubbing the audio over. Let's run back to Azarafel, who is in heaven, who is being quite the little rule breaker, we'll say. He does not want the world to end. No, but he was getting in it trouble is- for losing the sword. Again, 4,000 years later. But more so because he lost his body. Well, it, it's awfully hard to go fight a war if things just pass right through you. That's true. It's like, ah, oh, I wasn't ready. And so then he figures out, you know what? Demons do this 
possession thing all the time. Why can't we? And I like, how does this work? As he just randomly touches the globe. Like, where, where's the instruction manual on this? It, it turns out there really isn't one. <laughs> Obviously, he did okay. Because. Yeah, well, which, which, but also to point out that, you know, maybe there's not that much separating demons and angels. Well, I mean, even Crowley at some point was saying how, basically how he became an angel. There's nothing good to eat that day, and I had nothing Hold on, on the how books. You a demon? Yeah, I'm oh, like sorry, he, yes. He sort of vaguely sauntered downwards, hung out with the bad crowd. It's like, I didn't think anything of it. And by the way, I did rewatch episode four, and he is talking to God. I know you said you were going to test them, but don't test them to destruction. Right. So right. after hearing that, I'm like, thinking back to episode one, oh, what if we got it wrong? And, you know, I did the good thing, you did the bad thing. Ha, ha, ha. It's like... Could be. It's starting to feel that way. A little bit. So... I, I mean, at the very... I mean, from the very beginning of episode one, it's like, God doesn't play dice. I mean, God play, is playing a game of his own choosing that you can't understand. It's like playing... And for you, it's like playing poker in while blind in a dark room with cards that you can't see and, you, and you've never been told the rules. So what makes you think that... Or so what makes the angels and demons think they know the rules any better? Just because they, quote unquote, know the plan. But they don't. No. That's the best part. Oh, my goodness. You, you, ne- you, ne- you never see it. Say, whip out and go, hey, look, here's the plan. Right. But Seraphel really feels like he knows the plan. But doing everything he's doing, which he ends up, well, taking over Madame Tracy's body, which is yep. really funny watching the bogus seance turn into a real seance. Yes. And all the weird noises coming out of her. And then when she that, ends that up was... talking, talking to herself in the mirror when she's in fact talking to Seraphel, that just got all sorts of weird. Seeing her, hearing his voice, it's like, okay, this is getting kind of weird. And yep. what the hell, Shadwell? As he comes to, because he, you know, was completely exhausted. And he's just, where is he? Where's the Southern Pansy? I heard him. It's like, what the hell is with you calling him this? I don't Well, know. yes. But I love it. Man, Tracy's just like, sit down. He'll tell you everything. It's totally fine. Have a cuppa. <laughs> That always kills me because that's like the most English thing I've ever heard. Cup of tea, cup of tea. Well, we'll have a cup and have a talk about it. We might be able to figure it out. Well, we figured out we have to get to Tadwell. So great. Everybody is like, let's get where we need to go. Everyone's figuring out they need to go to the Air Force Base. This includes Adam and them who get their bikes. We're a lot closer. Yes, because they finally kind of made up and... Even dogs like, all right, you're cool now. You're normal. I'll come with you then. Exactly. So the, I got your back. The kids head off there. We see the four horsemen come riding in. Stop for directions. I feel like they shouldn't need directions, but okay. But then you wouldn't get as much screen time with them. the sign blew over, and I love the obnoxious town folk who's like, yes. "Oh yeah, just take a right, but it's not really right. It's kind of left and then right." And I'm thinking to myself, "Crap, have I ever done directions like that? I probably have. I feel bad to whoever I <laughs> you, gave them to." You got to make a left at the where the church used to be. You'll get it. And I love famines. Actually, like, I don't think I got that. That's like, oh, I got it. Let's go. <laughs> Death knows where to go. We ride. Nethema, Pulsifer headed that way too. And finally, Madame Tracy and Shadwell with our accompanying angel tagging along on her really tiny little motorbike. Her tiny scooter. With, they'll be lucky if it gets to 10 miles an hour. Yes. But if you got a lot of traffic, it might not be a bit low. Well, 
Thankfully, there was a little bit of a a minor miracle that happened that popped that baby up a little faster. And I love that that they even paused for the turn signal. I don't know if you caught that. Like she puts her turn signal on, she pauses as she's like floating. I had a Harry Potter moment. People aren't really used to seeing this kind of thing around here. Well, I mean, you know, she's not a bad person. No. She's not. She's she's quite sweet. And in the mess of this all, we have Carly stuck on the M25 because it is now on fire. Yep. And how's he going to get through? Well, we're thinking. You drive. He's looking at the book. There's got to be something, right? But no, 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 no. That's not what we get right away. Because we got some weird telemarketer that accidentally let out another demon. Oh, yes. Our Duke of Hell. Oops. <laughs> oh. That ended well, so well for her. Everybody in that call center. Oh, first of all. Not even a little bit. Yeah, telemarketers. Uh, you kind of don't feel sorry. But at the same time, I felt bad for her because that was so disgusting. Yeah. Random- like, congratulations, you just got devoured by maggots. Yeah. Random thought. Had an ex-boyfriend who was totally disgusted by maggots. And I used to tell him, that's your hell. You're going to be upside down. In a room full of maggots. You must have got a, you two must have gone along really well together. <laughs> oh, that was towards the end. But all I thought of was, hmm, yeah, that would be him right now. <laughs> Only he'd still be alive, feeling them wiggle and squirm around. And then I thought, taking oh, little nibbles every now and that's then. Horrible. But it was even grosser when we had our dear demon do the little spaghetti slurp. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, oh, I can't. Stop it. Too much. But he pops up in, I love it, popped up in the Bentley with Crawley. He's mm-hmm. like, you're not going anywhere. Ha, 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 we have you. And I love Crawley's like, do you now? And he's <laughs> like, you know what? My car, my rules. I'm going to slam that pedal down and we're going to just ride the shoulder right right on through this hell. It, it, it was definitely one of those Watchmen moments. It's like, no, see, you think I'm trapped in here with you. Right. <laughs> you're trapped in here with me. Oh, my gosh. It was... Oops. I just loved it. I'm sorry. It was so amazing. As they're driving and we have the Duke just getting so freaked out. He's like, what? What are you doing? No, no. We're both going to die. Well, one of us is. I was really surprised he didn't get out. I don't think he really could. Oh, like Crawley had him trapped in there then. Well, that and where was he going to go? Because, oh, I mean, unless I checked, I mean. Trapped. Well, I mean, it's London proper. I don't know. He can go do evil deeds in London. Sure, but he's trying to get the end of the world to happen. Oh, that's true. So. Our poor Duke burns up. And apparently... Which is interesting, because you would think that demons would be immune to flame, except that, exactly. obviously, this fire is a little bit different. This fire seemed to be not quite to the level of holy water, because he didn't, like, dissolve, yep. but he did... But it was definitely bad. Yeah, because he discorporated, right? Just like Azarafeld did. Yes. I don't exactly. know he's gone, though. But I just, I love the fact that Crow's like, you know what? No war. I'm not going to sit here in traffic. I'm going to drive. And yes, as he drives and his car becomes consumed in flames, he makes it, it out it, the other end. Because he has something that no other demon has. An imagination. I loved that. <laughs> that they said it that way. He's like, he's got an imagination. He's smart. Because the rest of them do seem very, <sighs> what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I guess they're, set in their ways. Yeah. Okay. They're, I mean, they're very much like, uh, we, we will do things by the old way. We will do minor corruption, one person at a time. And Crowley's thinking big picture. Like, I'm going to turn the M25 into this gateway to hell, into this giant prayer well to an evil demon. I'm going to mess up everybody's cell phone connection, and it's going to ruin everybody's day. I'm going to yell at my plants so that they stay healthy. I mean, that's the kind of demon he is. Which, 
Also, when he's like screaming about all this, it's like, listen, you know what? You'd have had a great time in the 14th century. It was so boring. Right, exactly. I mean, he this is this, he was made for the modern world, and he really likes the modern world. And none of these other demons seem to. Exactly. They don't. I mean, he fits in with the world in in ways that they don't. Right. Um. I mean, he, I mean, he even fits in better than Aziraphale does, and Aziraphale likes the world. Aziraphale is like me. He likes. Likes books and food, so pretty much people not and and, and, and and Crowley. Yeah, that's true. So when he gets through, and I find it hilarious because he's like, "I don't care, I'm doing this." It's on. And then he drives right past the police car. And what are the cops And waves at yeah, That's somebody else's problem. It's like, <laughs> it's like, you know what? Nope. nope. <laughs> Not getting paid enough. And when he, of course, gets to Tadfield and again asks for directions from the same little old man from town. I love the back and forth. How they're like, what he wanted to say was, your car is on fire. What he actually said was, oh, yeah, you just missed the sign because it blew down. Right. And- like the British polite, the, the, the British politeness. Like, that, I'm going to ignore the elephant in the room. <laughs> that internal monologue. Come on. And then as he pulls away, he does finally say, your car's on fire. Goodbye. And everyone ends up where? At the Air Force Base. Only good could come of this, right? Oh, absolutely. We are the four horsemen who have taken over, which I was a little confused. I'll go back to that in a second. Taken over Um, all of the computer stuff. So basically they have control of nuclear weapons everywhere. Right. And you've got Adam. I I also just go back a second. I love the fact that Adam and them ride their bikes. So you have the four horsemen on their motorcycles. Yes. And them ride their bikes over. So you have that that, that parallel there. Yes. Which I think is kind of nice way to do it. I did not understand why Pollution was the one that basically hacked the computer. I feel like that would have been War's thing. I think it had to do with like bugs oh, and viruses. Okay, that makes sense now. And pollution took over from pestilence. Okay, so see, I think that, I think that's where they were going. Out. <laughs> and sort of the corrupting nature of pollution. Okay, so that was why. Now we are at, I believe, thirty-one minutes until the end of the world. Yeah, about that. And we have like an hour-long episode left. I don't yes. know. Well, I'm guessing it's not real time. We're not doing like a well, twenty-four so, so, here. I mean. For a, for a slight spoiler, it, the show doesn't end with the end of the world. Okay, I hope so. There's a little bit of whoa. Wait, okay, so yeah, so we so the end of the world has come and gone, or the time that the end of the world that that we've hit our deadline, and either the world is around or it's not. But what happens after that? Okay, we create a new, a brand new world. What does somebody replace the old one? Do we have to deal with other fa- what other potential fallout do we have to deal with? What happens with? I mean, does Adam ever get to meet his real dad? That kind of stuff. I don't know if we want that to happen, but yeah, I'm sure we'll get there. Yep. Now, everything that has been set up in all the previous episodes, we should finally get some payoff. I'm assuming flaming sword, thunder gun. Yes. What the hell the car is called Dick Turpin. Did it, I thought they explained that. No, they because that Anathema reason? does ask, your car is named Dick Turpin? And he's like, yes. And she's like, so somebody will ask you what it's for? And he's like, yes, looking all excited. And she's like, oh, and walked away. Yeah. So I'm assuming uh, we get payoffs on all of these things. And no, you're not spoiling. No, it actually it is actually a joke straight from the, from the book. I mean, the car's name? Correct. Okay. Did we ever find out why it's three-wheeled? 
or is it just? I think it's just the design. Okay, just some weird thing. Yes. And I feel like I'm hoping we are going to get a little god intervention here. I mean, there, there is a bunch. Of, so part of the book was uh, advantage of the car include the 823 cubic engine and a three-speed gearbox, as well as a remarkably resilient exterior. No external damage can be spotted by the casual observer on account of the car already looking wretched. <laughs> It does look kind of crappy, but hey, whatever. Yep. Okay, so anything else about this episode you want to touch on, or have we pretty much gotten there? Uh, I think that's about everything. Now, you did mention, and I almost forgot, that there was kind of a subset in the book of the Four Horsemen. Yes. Now, is this basically where they would have been, or was it through the whole book they were kind of hangers on? So kind of in the cafe when the Four Horsemen meet up. The other four horsemen are there. Okay. And they're and they're bikers. Okay. And so they decide that, hey, you know what? We're going to hang out with the, the actual four horsemen of the apocalypse. Only there's a major downside. They're not listed anywhere in the prophecies. Okay. So their life expectancy is not so good. Gotcha. So that, I think, I don't know. I feel like maybe they should have brought that in because then we would have had a couple sets of fours happening. Right. But I, th- I, th- I think it would have added a little bit. Needless complexity. Oh, with only six episodes. Yeah. Anything and else? Like the, and they and they kind of exist as a kind of running gag through the book as a brief aside, but they don't actually play any major role in the in the plot. Oh, okay. So I didn't know if it was like a major thing they kind of skipped because you had mentioned it. No. Anything no, else it, from the book or the episode that you want to discuss? I don't think so. I think we're good. Okay. Well, I like this episode. I and I'm really looking forward to the finale, but at the same time, very much not because then it's over. I know. But I guess that means I have to read the book. I would recommend. All right. So you, you guys know where you can find me. Everything Fangirl Zone. Of course, easiest ways to go to www.fangirlzone. And, of course, you guys should know where to find Mr. Gomez, but please enlighten them. Broadswordsandblasters.com is the best place to look for us. Uh, We are opening for submissions October 1st. My life is about to get a lot busier. I will be doing a lot of reading. But yeah, that is the best place to find us. All right. And don't forget, you can always send us emails at contactus at fangirlzone.com and we'll read them and we will reply back because we love that sort of thing. And as always, for this episode of Fangirl Zone, I am Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Gomez Not Adams. And until next time. Bye.